0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Primary Care Podcast. It's Mark List uh, coming at you with another episode today. Uh, Today, before we get into it, uh, it's Dr. List uh, Recommends. Uh, I've been doing books, and I know that I've gotten some feedback that people don't have the time to read all these books. Again, audiobooks are good. Um, But uh, I will go with a show, Uh, and obviously I could go with a recent movie or TV show that's really popular, but one that's a little bit off the beaten track that um, I thought was really, really good. Um, And it's not something I'd normally watch, but um, it's the TV show on Netflix. Uh, There's only one season, but it's called Arcane. Now, it is based on a video game that I've never played, but I thought that the... um, While I'm not normally an anime fan or an adult cartoon fan... Um, I thought that it was really extremely well done. Um, I thought it was really engaging, a really good story, um, really interesting characters. Um, I I was all in on it. So uh, that's my uh, TV show recommendation if you haven't seen it, Arcane on Netflix. This week's joke is from the primary care pod uh, at gmail.com inbox, the primary care pod at gmail.com inbox. uh, That's where you can send me a joke, uh, feedback on the podcast, questions, concerns. Uh, Why did the chicken go to the gym? To work on his pecs. Ah, got it. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast, produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Pod Girls, Pod Boys, Pod People. It's your Pod Doctor, uh, Dr. Mark List. Uh, today, we're going to get into a new guideline. Uh, yes, a new guideline for the management of chronic kidney disease. Uh, this comes from Kidney Disease Improving Global Outcomes, the KDIGO. Um, this is one of the major uh, management groups. And uh, basically, they work uh, worldwide to improve kidney disease outcomes and clinical practice guidelines. And I'm not going to... This, this uh, guideline was printed uh, just recently here in, in January of 2023 in one of my favorite journals, the Annals of Internal Medicine. A great journal if you have to subscribe to anything. I think that's one of the best. And I'm not going to read all 53 recommendations, sorry, 52 practice point changes for physicians. But I do want to talk a little bit about their recommendations um, because chronic kidney disease, up until end stage chronic kidney disease, can 100% be managed by primary care. Um, And especially if you're in an area that has a lack of nephrologists or a lack of access um, and a high rate of obesity, high rate of hypertension, high rate of diabetes, aka most of the United States, uh, I, I think that it's important to know how to manage uh, chronic kidney disease. We've talked a lot about this in the podcast in the past, but to go over this group's updated 2022 uh, guidelines, uh, the, the pillar of management of chronic kidney disease in in their book is lifestyle management, and that's really important that even even in the subspecialist world, uh, even they know the importance of lifestyle modification. So they really talk about a focus on diet, specifically high vegetables, high fiber, high beans, high plant-based proteins, high nut intake, um, and uh, some fruits thrown in there as well, unsaturated healthy fats, and avoidance of heavily processed carbohydrates, heavily processed meats, and especially sugary sweetened beverages. Um, they, they preach, again, uh, as one should expect, a heavy emphasis on exercise to improve kidney function, a mandatory discussion on smoking cessation and how important that is for chronic kidney disease management. And uh, obviously the fourth pillar is weight management and weight loss. And we're gonna get into that a little bit more some of the medication choices. The next line, first line drug therapy, you can kind of think about it split into two different categories. Chronic kidney disease due to type two diabetes or type one diabetes, diabetes in general versus, um, all other causes of, of chronic kidney disease, including hypertension, right? And so for your first line medications that you should really be, if your patients aren't on them there, you really should be assessing it. Um, for anybody with hypertension or evidence of albuminuria, uh, RAS inhibition, right? So uh, ACE inhibitor and ARB basically shutting down, um, that function in the kidney to help decrease the risk of developing worsening chronic kidney disease. Additionally, for all patients with chronic kidney disease, they recommend a moderate to high intensity statin just due to the risk of chronic kidney disease, uh, sorry, the risk in chronic kidney disease of developing, um, cardiovascular disease, atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, they recommend a moderate to high-intensity statin. Now, they recommend in all patients with type 2 diabetes with albuminuria slash chronic kidney disease on labs uh, that you initiate metformin and continue metformin all the way down to a GFR of 30. Now, as we've talked about on the podcast, you can actually go lower than a GFR of 30. You have to get creative and you have to get... um, uh, a little uh, uh, um, cautious when you get that low, but all the way down to an e, uh, a GFR of 30, Metformin definitely recommend it. And down to a GFR of 20, they recommend an SGLT2. And you know, this was coming. We talk about how good SGLT2s are um, for pretty much everything, but diabetes. Uh, but in this case, they absolutely recommend it uh, for any patient with chronic kidney disease and any, t- and, and, and type two diabetes, uh, but even in patients with chronic kidney disease alone. Now, If the patient is not at their glycemic A1C target, the next recommendation from this organization is now GLP-1s, period, end of story. That is the second line drug, well, I guess third line behind co-management with SGLT2s and metformin. But for chronic kidney disease, and why is because of the weight reduction, okay? The weight reduction and cardiovascular protection with GLP-1s. In chronic kidney disease. Additionally, and this is new to me, and this is the first time on this podcast we're going to talk about this drug, but finerenone, okay, finerenone. It was newly released in the United States. It is a nonsteroidal mineral corticoid receptor antagonist, right? So think spironolactone, okay, spironolactone. Obviously, we use a ton more for heart failure management blood pressure management, patients with hyperaldosteronism. We talked about this in the podcast multiple times for resistant hypertension and heart failure management. But in this case, they recommend for patients with type 2 diabetes to use a non-steroidal mineral corticoid receptor antagonist, and that is finerenone. Now, if you're in the United States, finerenone is going to cost you $615. Good luck getting it approved. Um, and That is per month, yes. If you're in a real country with real um, uh, healthcare for all, then you might be able to get that approved. But finerenone, again, you still have to watch for hyperkalemia. It has less of a blood pressure effect, but a lot better effect at the mineral, cord mineral corticoid receptor at the kidneys with a lot fewer sexual side effects with a lot less CNS penetration effects. So a lot better side effect profile, but again, crazy expensive. And I have never in my life prescribed finerenone. but for your type 2, diabetes, type 2 diabetes patients with chronic kidney disease, if you can get it approved, very, very, very beneficial. It is now second line agent uh, for the management of chronic kidney disease. And finally, for your type 2 diabetics, you have to get them, you have to get glycemic control. You have to. And so then after that, whatever it takes, whether it's insulin, whether it's other oral um, agents, basically they have no preference outside of that, that um, regimen. Now, Uh, Again, blood pressure management, incredibly important. Obviously, first line agent is an ACE inhibitor and ARB. We've talked about that on this podcast before in previous episodes. ARBs are probably now going to be first line just due to least amount of side effects. Uh, And really, there is no difference in mortality and morbidity. And the management in all chronic conditions is basically the same. So probably ARBs first. ACE inhibitors, if intolerant or can't afford or can't um, allergies or allergic response or ineffectiveness, I don't know, Uh, probably you're going to always be on ARBs now. If not uh, for if blood pressure is not well enough controlled, again, this uh, guideline talks about phenarinone for blood pressure control in addition, but only if they have type 2 diabetes. But if they have hypertension, but no t- type 2 hi- ti- eh, but no type 2 diabetes, then you're looking at your amlotopines, you're looking at your calcium channel blockers, uh, and plus or minus a diuretic hydrochlorothiazide, et cetera, uh, to achieve individualized blood pressure targeting. Now, if the patient does not have diabetes, they do talk about using a mineral corticoid receptor antagonist, a steroidal version, aka spironolactone, but only if the GFR is above 45, which we don't talk about a lot in on this podcast with heart failure and with um, uh, resistant hypertension, but. It is important in chronic kidney disease that you stop spironolactone after a GFR is less than 45. Again, the risk for hyperkalemia is pretty significant. Uh, Look at the hyperkalemia management uh, tips and tips, tips and tricks. Uh, That was on a different uh, podcast episode last year. I will refer you back to that for managing hyperkalemia. Now, this guideline states, I'm actually going to go down on this because I was actually uh, pretty surprised by this recommendation. Hold up found it. Aspirin, quote, this is a quote from the from the committee, uh, from the guideline. Aspirin generally should be used lifelong for secondary prevention among those with established coronary artery disease and chronic kidney disease um, and may be considered for primary prevention among patients with high risk for ASCVD and chronic kidney disease. So even though we're getting away from aspirin for primary prevention for the average patient, obviously patients with uh, a lot higher risk factors, including chronic kidney disease, um, probably, according to this guideline, should actually be on aspirin, which that is not part of my current, um, my current management of chronic kidney disease is to always have the patient on aspirin. So again, um, nice for me to see uh, some practice change for my own for my own sake here. Um, and finally, uh, the recommendation is, that if they are not based, uh, if they have incredible high risk for ASCVD and they're a, a, unable to tolerate a statin, um, consider a uh, PSC-SK9. Uh, We've talked about those in the podcast. Uh, they also consider enzetamide um, or even uh, fish oils. Again, um, we have talked about those in the podcast in the past but they think that if you're not in a statin, uh, chronic kidney disease patients have an incredible rate of ASCVD um, and major adverse cardiac events. Therefore, they recommend trying to re- reduce, reduce risk as much as possible because um, they are much higher risk than the average patient. Again, there's a ton more um, uh, little details that I think are um, beyond the purview of this podcast and primary care in general for managing chronic kidney disease. My big takeaway is um, from this entire um, article and annals, manage the blood sugars, manage the blood pressure, get their cholesterol under control as best as you can. And then those specific drugs, metformin, SGLT2s, um, ACE inhibitor slash ARBs, ARBs preferred, statins are an absolute must, uh, strongly, 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 and generally always consider uh, aspirin, which is a big change for me. Add a GLP-1 if needed as the next line agent for diabetes. Add if they have type 2 diabetes a non-steroidal mineral corticoid receptor antagonist, aka finerenone, that I've never prescribed. Maybe I'll prescribe it here in the future. Probably not because it's $650 and my patients can't afford it. Um, and then consider spinal lactone, but only if, for blood pressure control, but only if their GFR is above 45 so hopefully this was a quick review, but a good review of guideline management of chronic kidney disease. Um, hopefully you had a lot to take away from this. I know I did, at least from a review standpoint and a quick tips and tricks. Um, again, this is uh, chronic kidney disease is absolutely something that primary care can manage and has to manage in many scenarios where we don't have good access to um, nephrologists, especially in patients with type two diabetes. So again, hopefully this was a help, helpful and helpful reminder for you. This has been Dr. Markless with the primary care podcast reminder. You don't need to step on that to step today. Thanks and have a great week.